but I realized that in my own heart, I need to do a better job of loving other people, even though I completely disagree with them. And so I try to come at it from, from a loving heart, from a loving perspective with loving words. It's important because God's made it important for us to respond in love to other people. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. I am rocking a solo episode today and on one hand I want to say that I'm excited. I'm excited to record this specific episode because it's been something that has really been on my heart uh, a lot lately. Um, I'm a little hesitant or a little, uh, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but definitely a little hesitant just because what I'm about to talk about today isn't always the most popular thing uh, for somebody to talk about. But I guess that's just what it is, right? I mean, we have to be willing to, to go forward, to say things out loud, and just really hope and pray uh, that they land in the right way. So um, this episode was really birthed today, the day that I'm recording it, uh, but it, it, it's been something that's been stirring in my heart for definitely years, but has really been catalyzed uh, when just over a week ago, um, a horrific human being uh, went into a school and uh, a, a Christian school and shot and killed three young innocent children and three innocent adults. And um, that in and of itself, I mean, you know that I am the survivor of a mass shooting myself, that um, one of my close friends was killed in that mass shooting. I mean, this this topic, this this just mess is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and it weighs heavy every single time another shooting happens. Um, but every single time it happens, we just see just just awful things. Um, not just in, in the shooting and the death, but in the aftermath and the way that people treat each other like uh, this one specifically, this instance specifically, this was um, a, a, a young girl uh, that uh, has identified as a transgender man and, um, and uh, 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 she was the shooter. And uh, that just that that in and of itself was just just sent a, a, a ripple. I mean, um, in, in many ways, this is just my observation. This isn't a political statement. This is just an observation. Um, uh, our president and his administration were quick to protect uh, and support and stand up for the transgender community uh, at a time when they should have had all eyes, ears, and hearts focused on the lives that were lost. Now, I understand that the repercussions for a community um, can be much 
uh, worse uh, when something like this happens because clearly this girl does not represent every transgender uh, person uh, in this country. Uh, but at the same time, um, this this wasn't a moment to make a political statement. Uh, this wasn't a, a moment to gaslight um, or, or 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 to just really push an agenda. It w- it was a time to just care. At the same time. Uh, also, this was just another opportunity for people to stand up on their anti-gun podium and preach uh, that guns uh, shouldn't exist in this country and we need to ban assault weapons. And it's like, give me a break. I mean, evil will exist regardless of what is there. And we can all pull statistics data uh, to support our position. There's just, there, there is so much information all over the place. Uh, but my personal belief is evil is evil, regardless of what you put in its hand. In one way or another, she would have found a way to do the things that she did legally or illegally. But that's not even really what I want to talk about. It was just that that event catalyzed something in my heart that has really been frustrating for me. And it's this, it's Every time that I have found myself wanting to speak out as a Christian uh, into issues like this, like to me, my personal opinion, and you may not like this, but my personal opinion is this was a hate crime specifically targeting Christians. But in this country, that's not even really allowed to be said anymore. And and, and you may be on the side that says, well, Christians are still a protected class and um, they have nothing to, to complain about. But the reality is, is, uh, hate crimes against Christians just don't get reported because um, people don't really care. They'd rather protect every other class but that. And again, we can we get into we can get into all of that in a whole other conversation. Or you can just not listen anymore because this is my podcast, and I'm just always going to talk about this stuff. And I mean that in the best way possible. But I, I was just hesitating to speak out on this issue because uh, uh, of the thought of the repercussions that I would get, like I'm going to get when I'm saying this stuff now. Um, it, it's just awful. <clears throat> I get some of the most hateful, nasty comments through social media when I post about being a Christian, when I post about my faith. And when I talk about my faith, I've lost clients because of how out I am about my faith. And the crazy thing is, is I've never imposed my faith onto anybody. Sure, I, I'm very public about what I believe, and I will tell you how I stand on any issue uh, as it relates to how my faith informs that. I'm not afraid to say that, but I'm not telling you, you have to do that too. I think you should become a Christian. I think you should follow Jesus because I believe that that is the best thing, best decision you could possibly ever make in your life, but I'm not going to force that on you. And so I don't understand why, because I believe a certain way and have opinions about certain things because of that, uh, that, that all of a sudden I'm this awful person and that I get targeted and I get hated on. Uh, And so anyway, so like these wounds have built up, these calluses then uh, get built up. It's like, gosh, I just, I I almost don't even want to talk about it anymore because I don't want to be criticized. I don't want to be rejected uh, by by people out in the public. I mean, I I do business on social media. And so I'm always fearing what a client or a colleague is going to think or say and how that, what that's going to cost me now uh, or, or, or what that could cost me in the future. So there's concern. 
There's concern about discrimination and or persecution. Now, in the United States, it's really hard to use the word persecution because I don't believe that Christians are really persecuted in this country the way they are in a lot of other countries. Like people are put to death for their faith in other countries. We don't see that here per se. And so I really hesitate to use that word persecution. But in some in some um, context that does exist, discrimination, definitely legal issues at times. I, I know people that, and there's been notorious cases of people being sued for standing for their Christian faith. Um, and then even just misrepresentation, people claiming or, 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 or labeling you as something that you're not. And so there's just all these concerns. And again, so it's like, how do I um, rightfully uh, and, and uh, rightly live out my faith as I believe God calls me to in a world that uh, uh, often rejects it. Even people that call themselves Christians will reject some of what I believe about Christianity because they're not really Christians. They just put the label on themselves because it sounds like a good thing to do or it makes them feel good about themselves. So what do we do? What do, what, do we, what do we do? And you may be listening to this as a non-Christian, and I hope you'll listen all the way through because I think this will help you to understand how I try to think about these issues. Uh, if you are a Christian, I hope you're going to listen to this all the way through because these are areas that we can grow in and, and we can navigate better. So a couple of things come to mind and I took some notes because I want to make sure that I'm kind of following along. I don't always take notes when I record content, whether it's a podcast or a video or whatever, but this one, I wanted to make sure I had some reference points along the way. Uh, so I could, I could articulate this appropriately. So first is when I think about the need or the desire to respond or to speak into culture that offer often differs in opinion. What do I do? The first thing that I want to remind myself of is that God calls me to love. So 1 John uh, verse 4, uh, or 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So clearly we see from scripture that God is love. The most beautiful, perfect picture of love is God himself. In John 3, 16, one of the most um, well-known verses in the entire Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Again, God has this love for the world that he created. And so we want to have that same type of love. I mean, when I see somebody kill anybody or hear of somebody killing anybody or doing evil against anybody, it is really hard to love in that moment. It is really hard not to just be filled with absolute hatred and want to repay evil for evil. But I think that we see that the right type of love, which I'm going to get to, but the right type of love is one of the most transformative expressions or things that we can bring into a conversation, a relationship. It's just, it's, it, it's, it's loving other people as the human beings that they are. Because even this woman that pulled that trigger so many times was a human being. And clearly she was hurting. And clearly she had some serious issues with her in order to think that bringing a, 
a, a rifle into a, a school of kids and killing kids was a, a good or wise uh, or right thing to do, or that it was going to accomplish anything other than evil. But she was still a human being created in the image of God. And for whatever reason, she didn't feel that love. And that's no slight against anybody that was around her, because from what I understand is the pastor uh, of the church that oversaw that school, he was one of the ones counseling her. And I'm sure from what I have read, uh, he loved her so much and cared about her and wanted to support her on her journey. But I think sometimes as, 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 we, as we consider this expression of love and as I see uh, the world around quickly respond with, well, we have to love because God is love. I think we sometimes misconstrue what love actually is. Because loving someone doesn't mean that we accept all of their words or all of their actions. Love and acceptance aren't the same thing. And I know that for some of you, boy, I'm walking a fine line right now because I said transgender earlier and now I'm saying acceptance and you're like, whoa, 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 what are you saying? And I'm saying that I can love somebody regardless of what they think of themselves, how they act, how they are, without accepting all those things either. We as Christians are called to love others, to love our neighbor, to love those that are different than us, that think different, that act different, that believe different. But that doesn't mean that we have to condone or agree with everything that they do or say. As a matter of fact, and you parents are going to know this so well, oftentimes loving someone means standing up against them. Loving someone means confronting them when they're doing the wrong thing. And again, as parents, we see this, but all of a sudden when it comes into the world of opinion, we're just like flooded with this idea that love is just absolute and total acceptance and tolerance. And that's just not the case. And so I want to make sure that I am uh, loving people in a godly way but that I'm just not loving people in the way that the world says we should love people. Because God's love isn't just all of this rainbows and unicorns of acceptance and tolerance. Love is about being able to be honest enough to say that wrong is wrong. And killing an innocent person is always wrong. And that should have been the only thing that anybody spoke of that shooting in Tennessee. No matter who did it, no matter why they did it, it was evil. And we are called as Christians to speak for the innocent, to speak for the less fortunate, to speak for the marginalized. Those three children, those three adults will never have another opportunity to speak for themselves. And so we need to be able to love those people enough in death to speak on their behalf for what is right and wrong, even if that means we become a target for the very things we're speaking out against.
But when we speak out against, I believe that we also need to do a better job of speaking out with, um, we can be more respectful when we speak. Uh, we, we can be more considerate. Um, I don't like to use the word judgmental because that word just gets flung around everything that when you speak out against something, you're so judgmental and, um, uh, people try to use uh, the Bible to to thump uh, people into not judging anymore. Um, but but in reality, we we don't have to come at it from a from a a condemning perspective. We can come at it from a place of saying that we we will speak out against evil. You do wrong, you do wrong. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying you're wrong. You did wrong. Evil is evil. And I love you or the people around you or around me enough to say it. We must be willing to speak as true as we possibly can if we truly want to love those around us. So being loving in word and in deed is incredibly important when it comes to confronting the issues of society today. And that was something in, in, in this specific instance, I was really having a hard time doing. I have typed and deleted more tweets than you could ever possibly imagine around this issue. I mean, I have wanted to just light people on fire, not literally, but I, I, the things I've seen, the things I've heard um, it's just appalling. It's disgusting to me to think that we're so afraid to call evil evil when it happens within certain contexts that we not only don't ignore it, but we actually propagate it. It's just crazy to me. But I realize that in my own heart, I need to do a better job of loving other people, even though I completely disagree with them. And so I try to come at it from, from a loving heart, from a loving perspective with loving words. It's important because God's made it important for us to respond in love to other people. And I'm actually really glad that I'm recording this because every time that I'm saying that, it, it, it's implicating all the times that I have not been loving as I've responded to other people. So 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 says this, uh, Peter says, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Anytime Peter says that you are called to speak about your faith, to defend your faith, you are to do it. Absolutely be prepared to defend that faith at all costs. But that's not all he says. He says, be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And then he says this, he says, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. He's like, he says this, he's like, look it, I want you to always be prepared to defend your faith. I always want you to speak the truth of who God is and what God calls this entire world to. 
but I want you to do so in a manner that if somebody is to slander you, they are actually implicating themselves because they have mischaracterized you, they have misrepresented you, and they are criticizing something that in fact isn't true. That's one thing for me that when people, I've been called so many awful names. My wife and I were talking about this with some people yesterday, and multiple times I've been called a misogynist. Uh, when I speak about uh, what I believe the roles of men, men and women are in this world and in marriage. And my, it, it, it disgusts my wife. She gets so angry because she knows that's in fact not the case. And while it used to bother me, it doesn't anymore because I'm like, look it, I love and serve and sacrifice for my wife all the time. And I love my two daughters and I'm doing everything I can to elevate them, to empower them, to see, to help them see themselves for who God has created them to be infinitely worthy, infinitely valuable, beautiful, and amazing created in the image of God. So if you want to call me a misogynist, you can go right on ahead and do that. It's just not true. And so your slander towards me is really just implicating just how awful of a human being you really are. So that's what Peter's saying here. He's like, look it, defend the faith. But do it in such a manner that if they call you out, it's not true. They may say it, but it's not true. On top of that, I believe that when we, why, why it matters so much for us to be as loving and respectful as possible when we respond to issues that we see. And again, that's why like a lot of times loving for me is just deleting the tweet that I was about to, that I was about to hit send on. But when we can communicate, when we can engage with love and respect, we were able to build better bridges. We're able to plant seeds of faith. We're able to show people and reflect the love of Christ to them in ways that they might not, may not expect. I remember years ago, I was working with this woman and uh, she's just an amazing woman. And, and, and we had a great bit, uh, professional relationship. We were friends. And, um, and one time she said to me, she said something to the effect of, um, she says, you know, Ryan, she says, I've known a lot of Christians. She says, but what I really love about you is you don't hold back in sharing your faith and who you are, but you have never put that on me in such a way that has made me feel any less than I am. And I thought, wow, first of all, it's sad that other people have done that. And I've probably done that to people in the past, but I was so encouraged because I didn't try to do anything with her. I was just myself, but in, in, in being myself and just trying to, to love her and support her as a colleague, as a client, and to share my faith in the process, uh, just, just through myself, she was catching it. And whether that has an impact on her to change her own life uh, or to follow Jesus is on her. But that was just really encouraging for me. So I think it's really important that when we respond, one of the things that we do is respond in love. And, and I think that there's been some cases as to why uh, that, that I've shared. But as I mentioned earlier a little bit, and now I just want to expand upon a little bit more, is when... When we think about responding in love, and I talked about this earlier in kind of the example of being parents, like sometimes we have to discipline our kids. We tell them no, we spank them, um, we ground or punish them. We do that because we love them, because we want them to, to learn, 
to grow and to get better, or we want to prevent them from doing something that we know will be harmful to them. And this is something that we see in scripture over and over and over again. The Bible doesn't just demonstrate that God is love. He is absolutely and holy, H or W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy love. He's also H-O-L-Y, love, but he is holy love. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he is also holy, righteous, holy, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, H-O-L-Y, and he is wholly just. He is all those things all at the same time. And so there's never an instance where God turns off his justness to love somebody or that he turns off his love to execute justice. It's always all things all at the same time. And God has the capability of doing that in ways that we don't, but we need to strive to the best of our ability to emulate that in the world around us. We need to desire righteousness, holiness, and justice at all times. Psalm 33, 5 says this. It says, he, speaking of God, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. It is crucial. It is critical. It is an absolute necessity for God to be equally just as he is loving. Because if God operated the way that we think we want him to operate or the way that we think we want others to operate around us, we want people to love us enough to overlook our, our, our shortcomings or our wrongdoings. But could you imagine what it was like if there was no justice, if there was no consequences, no laws, no punishment, it was just a free for all at all times. I mean, it would literally be the hunger games in real life. It would be so dangerous For all of us, nobody wants that. We we want equal amounts, justice, holiness, and love. We want righteousness to prevail at all times. Those qualities are just as important as any other one that God demonstrates, meaning that those qualities are just as important for us to demonstrate as any other. Now, sometimes we have a tendency to seek out more of one or the other. In the case of innocent lives being killed, man, we don't care about love. We want justice. And my urge to you, as it has been to myself, is to throttle back and to realize that if I am not looking at justice and righteousness in this case with a loving eye, that I will become just as evil as the one that committed the evil crime. Again, this is all wrapped up in this idea that I'm trying to think of how to navigate the world of speaking out against wrongdoing and considering the repercussions that I'm going to get. And so you're just hearing me talk through these things kind of with myself, but hopefully they're helpful to you too. 
And part of the reason I want to share them is not just because we have to process these things, or I've been processing these things, and and considering the impacts of speaking out and and, and speaking uh, of uh, what we believe God calls us to and calls the world to, but also because even inside of Christian circles, there is a crazy, there are a lot of crazy imbalances of love and justice. Um, in some Christian circle, circles, you will hear um, people say that they're legalistic. Um, that typically means that uh, that church is all about just dropping the hammer on the law. It's you follow the rules, you follow the law at all times, in all ways, no questions asked. That's how you're loved. That's how you're made right. Uh, that's how you are good. And that is just so far off. That is poor theology. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we are not accepted because of anything we did, but because of everything that Jesus did on our behalf. And so while we want to strive to do right, to follow the law, to follow the rules and to abide, we do not lose out on the love of God because we break the rules. And so legalistic ideology and theology is poor, especially when it's done in a, in a hypercritical manner. But as has happened many times over the course of history, once again, and even in churches, we are seeing an overemphasis on love and the freedom to do and be anything that you want, even inside the church, that we're not going to judge. We're not going to speak to wrongdoing. We're just going to let people be as they want to be. We're going to let things be as they want them to be. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? God came into this world. God created this world with order. Man made it chaotic when, when, he, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. God brought order back into existence when Jesus came to this earth. And man has fought for the last 2,000 years to bring chaos back to what Jesus brought order to. And this idea that God is nothing but love and that even inside the church, if we just love God and love other people, uh, that everything is going to work out kumbaya. It's like, are you out of your mind? God calls for order. God, God calls for justice. God calls for righteousness. In the book of James, uh, there is a, a very well-known verse that says, faith without works is dead. And that has been misconstrued, misinterpreted, and misapplied forever and a day. But one of the things that is so true about this verse is this, is you cannot claim to be a Christian and then not live your life according to what the Bible calls you to live like. And so that's what he's saying is if your works are not good, if you don't desire to do right, to turn from sin, to call evil, evil, you probably don't have true faith in you. And so this idea of a free for all Christianity can't exist because in a free for all, letting people break God's covenant, letting people disobey and sin freely is not Christianity at all. It's chaos. It's unbiblical. It's heresy. And so we need to bring balance 
back into this conversation. And I think one of the important things, and I'll wrap this up with just a couple of practical thoughts for for you all and uh, just just for me, um, because I think it's super duper helpful. Um, and, and then I'll, and then I'll wrap everything up, kind of that I talked about. But practically, I think that if we did more self study, if we had a better sense of who we were, I think we would better be able to assess how we were going to respond to situations. Because for some of us, we have this natural tendency to want to be very loving and caring and nurturing. And those are amazing qualities, but they're also super duper dangerous when justice is required. At the same time, or, or, or uh, at the same time, different type of person is very hard-nosed, very hard-lined, very strict, a complete rule follower. And that person will have a tendency to overdo it and absolutely just railroad people. And that's not good either. They both need to realize that they have to soften their stance or at least open up their perspective to the other side of the equation. Because the one that just does nothing but love is leaving justice off the table. The one that is nothing but justice is leaving love off the table. And God says both are nothing. Both are nothing. There's never a time when God wouldn't say justice all the time. And there's never a time when God wouldn't say love all the time. The cross of Christ is the perfect example of this. On the cross, Jesus hung to demonstrate the perfect love of God and the perfect justice of God. Sin had to be punished. Christ took it on himself. As he took it on himself, he demonstrated the love for us that we did not deserve. And so where do your tendencies lie? Do you tend to, to be more strict, to be more hard-lined? Maybe over the course of the last couple of years, looking at, as I have, you've become more hard, um, hardened. Your heart has become more hardened, and it's easier for you to rush to justice, to judgment. And I would say you need to pray about softening that up. If through this time you, you've been broken down further and you just want to see more love in the world, it's like, yes, love, but be careful to not go too far because as much as we should never stop loving, you can never stop being just either. We need to call for both at the same time. So all that to say, what, Ryan, what is your point? What, what is my point? Because I started by saying, as I observed the Nashville shooting, it was just another instance of my frustration and wanting to speak out on an issue from a Christian perspective and, and, and just being concerned, not even fearing, just being concerned about what the repercussions were going to be. And now I'm about to find out because this podcast will go live in a few weeks um, from recording it. Um, but here, here, here's kind of the summary that I believe the conclusion that I've come to. Number one, I think that there's two truths that I have to um, I have to hold in equal tension. One is living out biblical Christianity is absolutely risky and dangerous. There's no question about it. It may look different in different cultures and different contexts, but as a Christian here in America, for me personally, it is dangerous to myself to my family, to my business, to many, many things. 
The second thing is, is living out biblical Christianity is worth whatever risks may be. I want to do my best to live out my faith at all times in all ways. And I never want to let fear, concern, or repercussion, or even past experience hinder my desire to fulfill my call to be the man that God has called me to be. That's one. Two, I would encourage you as I'm encouraging myself and trying to continue to work on myself as best as possible in this area. Number two, love others regardless of who they are or what they believe. Listen, learn. The late, great Stephen Covey, who I um, refer to, often says, seek first to understand and then be understood. Listen to why people think the way that they do. Listen to why people believe the things that they do. Whether it's something they believe or some opposition they have to something that you believe. Just shut up and listen. And this is me talking to myself. I'm looking into the camera right now, looking at myself on screen, and I'm saying, Ryan, shut up and listen more often. I don't have to agree with the end, but I should do a better job of listening to what it is they're trying to say. Three, stand firm in your faith and trust God. Be kind, be gracious, and be godly. We can never sway from standing firm in our faith. Not only are we commanded to it in scripture, but it's what's best for us. And it's what's best for the world around us. So I think those three things are so helpful for us to really have that conviction to live out our biblical Christianity. Two is to love others regardless of who they are or what they believe. And three is to stand firm in our faith and trust God regardless of the circumstances around us. I hope that's helpful for you again. Like, you know, there, there's a lot more that I would like to say or could say and, and, and want to keep this somewhat timely, but I just thought that this was appropriate for the time because again, my own previous experience uh, and, and being hurt and frustrated um, uh, sometimes hinders uh, me living as I move forward. And I don't want to let my past heartache hinder me. I want to let my past heartache help me. I want to learn from those those things that hurt from that heartache. And, and I want to grow and move forward to be the best I can possibly be, to, 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 to love others, to support others, to encourage others, to grow in my own faith, to lead my family well, to grow my business. So I don't want the past to hinder my future. And I would encourage the same for you. So with that, thank you guys so much uh, for another episode uh, in the books, for listening, for subscribing. Uh, if you have valued any of these episodes, would you please make sure that you are subscribing or following on Spotify, uh, subscribing on Apple Music, subscribing on YouTube, wherever it is that you're, you are consuming this content, would you please, please, please subscribe? If you like it, I would also love for you to share it with somebody else. You can share it on social media. You can forward uh, the link via text or whatever you want to do to a friend, a family member, somebody 
else that you may want to hear this. And finally, as I always say, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, something that you want to dig into deeper that I've shared in this episode, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to address any questions as long as you come with the same posture that I'm trying to approach it with, which is you're willing to listen. Uh, you want to be heard, but you want to be heard in a way uh, that you want to share, that you don't, you're not trying to impose, that you're not trying to argue for the sake of argument's sake. So if you got something to say, I'm here to listen so long as it's uh, done in a constructive, loving, and just way. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.